buttoned that up. <laughs> I'm very relaxed, as you can tell. I'm stretching. Hey guys, so this episode of uh, the ISS podcast is brought to you by BHP. BHP are doing some uh, wonderful things in the mental health space. They can see the utility in, in proactive mental health within their mining sites. They've jumped on as a major sponsor for the podcast. So just a big shout out to them. Uh, got a major sponsor for the podcast. Nailed it. Uh, so, hey, Olo, mate. Uh, glad to have you on, brother. Uh, so I've been mates with Olo and the rest of the boys for about 10 years. Um, we were in the omelette teams together, and we'll get into the, that a little bit later on. But um, he excelled when he got out of uh, defense, uh, setting up his own business as an OR, um, bucking the trend. And he did a whole th- a couple of things as an advisor on the on the Princess Trust and then moved on and was the uh, Prime Minister's Veteran Employment Award small for the year. Cheers, mate. Good to have you on. Yeah, cheers. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Uh, so, I, I, mate, well, I mean, we've been talking shit already, but um, I guess the, the point that I wanted to bring up and, and the reason why I want to send this podcast around business is for the, for the uh, diggers that are getting out and they, they think, oh, I don't have the skill set to, to launch a business. Uh, my argument is bullshit. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah, um, look, 100%. So... Yeah, there's so many <clears throat> diggers that have ideas in the cages that uh, are just, you know, they've got great ideas, but they just need to know how to facilitate it and make it happen. Um, you know, their existing network of the lads that they know in the battalion is, is enough to, to start their own business because everyone's got an idea of, you know, how to run certain aspects of a business. They just need to, to make it happen. Yeah, like it comes from... Um, uh and I'm not wanting to talk shit too bad, but uh, officers get given, they, they are, by the very fact that they have a rank, they have respect. Whereas diggers and ORs, you have to earn your respect. Once you get to a lance corporal, corporal, people are like, I'm not listening to you. Behind the scenes, when you go on an OP and you're sitting up by yourself, isolated from everyone else, they're like, nah, fuck you, yeah, I'm not actually going to listen to you, mate. And, and you've got to use emotional intelligence, respect, and all these other facets that you have to develop uh, that, that carry over into business, I would imagine. Yeah, I think definitely. I think um, like ORs, like diggers, you know, corporals um, are so like we have a massive advantage when it comes to starting up a small business because as a digger, we need to be able to do a number of roles. It's You have to work in the business to get it started and then you know how to develop small teams, so working on the business. Uh, you know how to gel uh, with you know with a, with a team and it's not about just directing people, okay, now do this because you don't have that luxury when you are in a startup. You don't have the huge team to go, right, oh, do this, do that. I mean, a lot of the times it's you are the, you are the business. You're a one-band one operation and uh it's it's comes later on when you have people who have earned you know your trust and your respect um and then you know the kind of individuals you want in your organization and that's when you get the luxury of of delegating much further down the track is it is it kind of like because it'd be fucked to try and figure out like scaling and and actually like you you, you've you know, grown this puppy it's your baby and then you start to scale and you've got to step back and give it to somebody else and be like you know trust them is, is that some that's a pretty big hurdle or look it's it is a hurdle but um like most you know small business owners you get to a point where you are spent when you can't put any more bandwidth into other projects and you know 
it's going to go negative for you if you don't start getting other people in there to do the jobs uh, so that you can, you know, focus on what you're good at. Um, you know, I know, I, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and it's about finding people that are passionate about areas where you might not be as strong in and bringing them into your organization for sure. Yeah, I think we sort of figured that out with, with Swiss 8 along the lines as well. <laughs> Uh, doing the grind and the admin stuff uh, or just doing stuff in general. Um, But uh, the thing is like when you start a business and you do every single role, like, you know, you're doing your own, you know, admin, you're doing your bookkeeping, you're doing, you know, how to set up your emails, you know, how to set up websites, you know, there, you need to know how to do a little bit about everything. And it's, it is really um, essential because when it comes to employing people or freelancers or contractors, they can't pull the wool over your eyes because you've already done the job. So it is a huge advantage when you are trying to bring other people in to grow your business. It's like, I can easily call bullshit on that because I've done the job and I know what it takes. And now it's a matter of, of going, Hey, do I need to outsource this or is this something that we can continue doing? Yeah. Um, fuck mate. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where, where you sort of begin with, with the whole first aid and, uh, cause what drew you to doing first, like specifically first aid? Cause a lot of dudes, who go from shooters a lot of dudes like uh schultz a couple of other boys they went from shooters and went straight to do uh a lot of guys transfer and be medics you got out and went you know what i want to do first aid emergency first aid event stuff like it's got to be a particular sort of human being that, that wants to go down that path yeah well i as you guys know you know howie who, who's attached to our team so when i was still in the battalion um i heard about you know howie who was uh, with a paramedic and he's over in remote Papua New Guinea and he's basically running his own, you know, village and uh, just supporting, you know, this huge operation for this massive company and you're out there in the sticks and that appealed to me of being remote paramedic and that's that's why I pursued, a, you know, went to uni and uh, did my degree and also hot tip if you are looking to transition and you want to realize, you know, a, a fast way of adapting to civvy life, go to uni. Cause if you can put up with uni students, you can pretty <laughs> much put up with anybody. But yeah, look, How, did the degree was it always there. Was it all uni? I never went to uni, oh, look, obviously. Yeah. yeah, look, uni, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I went to uni cause it, it was able, I was able to transition over three years, um, in Bathurst, so you can't get up to too much trouble out there. For three years at Bathurst, and I was Isn't able that the to the nursing get, college at Bathurst. There is a nursing college at Bathurst. There is. I wouldn't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, and there's a few. There's a few different uh, faculties out there. But yeah, did Bathurst did the degree, and that's I started the business there um, just because uh, an opportunity came up. So you know, teaching at the uni, doing first aid, and I was also a peer tutor, and then. I started doing event work in speedways and motocross and the high risk event work out there as I was still studying. And then an opportunity came up where they needed a supplier for a high risk speedway event. And there was a few other veterans there from the British forces. So some of the paras there, some of the rifles. And I basically got a team together, like exactly what you do as a seco. And we ran for 14 hours this speedway, which was absolute anarchy uh, choppers coming in you know i don't know how many ha- handovers we did with the state services 
but that's what got our foot in the door, um, our first event and, you know, a few key players seeing how we operated on the ground. So, so it's uh, um, being a medic or, or helping people, running your own business, being your own boss, not having to take orders anymore, uh, yeah, look, learning new skills. There's, you know, there's not too many opportunities that you have in life where you can kind of jump the ladder. If you start a business, you're instantly at the top and that has its positives and it also has its negatives. You are solely responsible for the success and failure of your organization, which is, which is, you know, quite a, a weight to, to carry. Fucking stressful. Is it stressful or what? Yeah, look, running a business, it is, um, it is stressful. Uh, that's why you've got you to keep yourself in check because if, especially if you're you know, starting off and you're the, the one-man band, if you don't look after yourself, then your business won't succeed. That's a huge one. All right, that's, so that's the part where you say you start a business and you're at the top. When you start a business on your own, you're also at the bottom. 100%. And that's what most, most people don't get when they go, I'm going to start a business because I'm going to be my own boss. And like, yeah, but you're also got to be your own shit kicker and do all your own. Everything. And, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people fall over early. Is when they're like, I'm going to, that's why I, I fucked up my first one. I was like, yeah, I'm going to open this restaurant so I get to be in charge of it, get to relax, do fuck all. Ended up working seven days a week around the clock, <laughs> hating life, going, ah, I forgot that you've actually got to work in this thing as well. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like you know, Emergency Australia. That was that wasn't my first business. I started this uh, other company um, called Tough Case, which was incredibly successful. But I had absolutely no idea about um, finances, budgeting. Um, you know, putting that money back into buy inventory after that. I just you know sold all these cases and then spent the money on living and having a good time at uni <laughs> not really so tough yeah. cases jeez fuck right oh yep yeah it's it's still registered i think i have to i don't know if the website's no nah, ali, ali <laughs> dead mate ah, yeah true china no that was a really good yeah because i'm um, like because you get you get like um you get officers and stuff like it's you always got a little bit of regression from taking full responsibility in the army as a or um, because you get a task, generally it'll be a patrol that comes from the boss. So failure on your job, when we talk, like if you're in an operational sense and you go out and you fuck it, you can get people killed. But if we're talking in the training sense, um, responsibility really doesn't lie with you. So you don't have the stress and the cortisol going through your brain. You're just like, fuck this. Like, I don't know why we're doing this. The stress lies with the boss or the, the platoon commander, the OC, is that you think that's transferred over when you when you actually have a business you will literally own and there's people under you like dude you don't get it i'm fucking under the pump all the time can you fucking help me out yeah that's um it yeah owning that stress and owning like having responsibility and accountability and self-discipline i mean they come with it they have to be there i think the biggest hurdle that i had um starting a business was the mentality because I was used to having to go, okay, well, who do I speak to about this? Like, you know, kind of, you know, um, having to request to, to do things and then having, you know, not having your ideas heard is, it was always a hurdle. Um, so getting around that mentality. And I, I know there'll be a lot of people pissed off about if I say that, but it's as an OR, you kind of have this 
subservient mentality when you leave and it's been drilled into you to do what you're told, you know, um, you know, your boss says, do this, do that. And you need to snap out of that if you want to start a business and be successful, because there is no rank structure when you start your own business. There is no chain of command. You can talk to whoever the hell you want to. You start your own LinkedIn and you can contact whoever you like. And it's the complete success and failure is on you. So you need to snap out of that um, mentality of thinking that, you know, somebody's going to do it for you or you've got to ask permission to do that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't imagine, like, doing that sort of stuff. Like, I've, I've done the same thing, doing, like, as, as part of what we say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm guilty for it as well, mate. Sitting there as, a, as literally a, you've been, I was a seco for, which is kind of your own thing for, and then I went to being a platoon sergeant. Still had a boss. You kind of still getting wait to tell, getting told what to do, you know. But coming in, I mean, Sutter's running Swiss Eight full time as the he's the CEO of Swiss Eight. He's got the stress doing that on what he's got to do for him, and then where do you take a role? Where do you take responsibility within that business? Or are you going to continue to be subservient? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, having someone who's leading the ship. Someone's got to got to do that. But when you are starting a business, it's on you and you need to um you've you've you know, if you've been serving, you've got time. Like I always had in the back of my mind, okay, so I've done, you know, I was 6 years in the battalion and I did 3 years of study and I was like I need to make up for this time now and I need to work hard because, you know, a lot of people get out they might start a business straight out of school i don't know but uh, you've got to get started on it and i kind of felt like i had time to catch up on so and i never learned accounting i never uh, learned any of these skill sets that i'm you know using in in small business apart from management and and um you know lear- learning how to work with different people so i went out there and was focusing on self-development i mean um you know i did my paramedic degree but that's not what i needed for day-to-day business operations i had to go out and find that information you know podcasts different books and learn it and then take action and i think that's what is great with ors is you learn something and you just go and do it and i think there's a huge issue with society of just learning information and then going oh i know this but you don't take action and you're going to achieve (laughs) two-fifths two-fifths of fuck all if you don't go out there and take action did you did you go to uni with the intent to start a business? No, I did not. So I went to uni to make myself more competitive. So I was working um, as a remote paramedic before I got my degree. So I actually had a... Uh, Sorry, laughing at Willie in the background. There's a dog running around chewing toys. Yeah, I just, just in the studio, mate. <laughs> I had a diploma and I was working in uh, remote mining as a paramedic and I wanted to get a gig over in Papua New Guinea um, and... It was getting more and more competitive, so I wanted to get the degree and then go back and work in the mines, and that was going to be me. Um, going to uni, that just kind of expanded my mind and working for other people. I thought, hey, it's either now or never. Let's give it a shot. Good. And then, working uh, for other so, people. So mate. Princess Trust, so now Harry, so you've done this. You've got, you, All this actual experience, like lived experience, I don't know if we can talk about some things, um, wait till Sutter gets back. There's some maybe oh, little, mate. Just some some little bombs we might be able to drop in a sec, but but uh, got a fridge in the studio, mate. Are you drink? Is it coffee or just a yeah? It's uh, mercury hard coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that kombucha? 
Yeah, it definitely is. got kombucha. Fermented apples. Dude, I'm, so I, I think I've cracked the uh, talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue the fuck out of this without a segue. I'm just going to jump ship straight away. That's hard. <laughs> so there is a way of having an alcoholic probiotic drink. <laughs> they've, started to, they've started to sell it, haven't they? Yeah, Haven't they started to market alcoholic, alcoholic, um, <laughs> alcohol, <laughs> alcoholic uh, kombucha? Uh, yeah, but so the, the, the studies, so when we talk about peer-reviewed double blinds, which is what everything that Swiss Ape puts out on there, and, and most of the things we put out on, on there, or all the things, are all double blind peer-reviewed, everything. Um, whether that's in mice trials or human trials, most of them are in human trials. But the kombucha's not been done human. They haven't done human trials to see if it's got any actual positive results yet. They, they, they think it does because it's, yeah, they think it does. Oh, mate, it's just been well marketed. Yeah. Because it popped up overnight and it's like some dude left his fruit juice out for too long, left his tea in the bucket for too long, drank it. And he's like, oh, that's yummy. I'm going to sell it. 100%. And you just put a really shiny sticker on it. <laughs> Marketing 101. We're going to have to bring Willie on in a minute. Get yeah, that's on, good. Where's the segue, um, mate? Because there was, there was zero segue in that. No, there was not at all. But um, look, so the print, So you took all this, um, mate, and without being super, because the boys are sitting there going like, fuck, there's no way. Like you speak to some of the boys and they are, they are like, especially the diggers in one hour at the moment, they are some, they are larrikins. They've got a lot of emotional intelligence. They are, they're fucking switched on dudes and they sit there and they're like, I don't know when the crossover is, where they're like, nah, they're just a bunch of old cunts that set up a business and we're like young and, and where that factor is. But hopefully this gets to them. But you you did a, a little things with the Princess Trust. Now it's not with Harry anymore, is it? Harry's obviously got kicked out of the are royal you, family. Sorry, are you saying princess or princes? It's the princes, you know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Prince, the Prince's Trust. Sorry, yeah. might be the audio. I've got a, I've got, got, got Princess Trust. I've got a lisp on the audio. <laughs> yeah, so just to clarify that, Max. Um, no, I've um haven't done too much with the Princess Trust. I've just gone in as a mentor. So they've had a few workshops, and they've just asked me to come in as a mentor. I did consider doing uh, some training with them, but I got too flat out. Um, at the school of hard knocks, starting your own small business training, and just uh, and learnt that way. Yeah, so di- I d- didn't actually get any official accreditation with any business related qual. It was purely just the going out there and doing it exactly and failing right, small and failing a lot and learning from it and then just making it happen. Yeah, Keegan's uh, just turned himself into a, a map. But while we're waiting for him to come back, what is the Prince's Trust? I've had a quick look on their website. I don't think Harry's got anything to do with it anymore. He wasn't on there anymore. No, because he, he married too busy, America. He's too busy banging hot actresses. But what what is it? So I think they just have a like um, they've got ideas where they go out there and they you know make positive impacts on the community, and they've got some funding where they're investing that into uh, into veterans and basically for them to learn how to start their own businesses and the like. Um, but yeah, it looks like they've um, you know been doing some positive positive um, things in that area. Mm. We, we're not ready to break the internet with, with yeah. We, we might as well drop a little segue, mate. There is maybe maybe in the pipeline in three four weeks there'll be a actual veteran tech accelerator um, run by was it's run by an RSL down here, which would scare most people off. 
because I'd be like, oh, the RSL knows how to run a business. <laughs> <laughs> but but this, this is a legit RSL club and they're working with us and we've, we've built this tech accelerator. So I don't know when this will go live next week, I think, Wayne at Keegan. But I, I did have a look because when they, they came to us, they came to us with this built, fleshed out, built um, tech accelerator model and they're like, we want to get, because um, that's what we ran Swiss 8 through last year. It was a tech accelerator and they're like, we want to run one for veterans. And, and they asked us to do some um, competitor analysis and stuff like that. And we had a look. And the only thing that I could see in Australia, I know there's a lot of these in the States. The only thing I'd see in Australia was the Prince's Trust. Mm. But all I could find on that was that's more like a, a one-day, I saw they did some one-day workshops or weekend workshops where they just teach you how to um, get your business off the ground, like lean canvassing and, and idea validation and stuff like that. But I, did, I don't know, that's why I was asking you what it was because I didn't know if it went deep into the guts of, of setting up and structuring your business and how to try and fail your ideas. and They've, um, They do some really cool workshops, but I do know they, they have like an official, like a Cert 4, I believe, in business. Um, yeah, it looked like, looked like a great course. And I, I went to a couple of the workshops um, just to touch base and, and do a little bit of mentoring. Um, and, yeah, there's a number of veterans there who are, you know, who've got great ideas and they're moving forward with them. Um, and there's, you know, there's a number of veterans out there who are, who are really quite successful. Um, and so they should be, it's, um, but you just don't hear about them. That's the thing. Mm. You just, because, you know, it's, they're just doing, working hard at the grind and they're just doing what they should. They're working hard and employing other veterans. You hear about them in 10, in 10 years. And that's why, I, I mean, this is founder. I, I, I'm not a big fan of their page, but they've got some good quotes up every now and then. They're like, um, you hustle for 10 years to become an overnight success because like, you work in the background for 10 years grinding and doing all the shit work that no one, most people fail because they don't actually want to do. And then when you get to the point where you've got all um, your, your structure and your, the bones of your business in place and you're, you're ready to pop and scale and then you do and everyone's like, oh, fuck, he just killed it overnight. But Yeah, well, just look at a photo from when I discharged to now and you'll you'll see that it's uh, definitely not overnight. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you how go? How long have you been going now? How long, sorry, mate. 20 minutes. Oh, I was just going to how long's Emergency Australia been going? I uh, started uh, in 2013. So 2013, we started teaching first aid. 2014, we started providing medical support for um, high-risk sport. And then 2015, became a registered training organisation. And from there, yeah, we've been grinding away. Isn't, as long as you're getting you up to one hour to um, uh, do some stuff up there for some certs, yeah, so we touched base and um, I said, yeah, mate, 100%. I'd be keen to get back to the battalion and give back, like train some of the lads up in some high-fidelity simulations with some of the, the cool mannequins that we've got now that basically blink, breathe, piss themselves, do all sorts of cool stuff. Um, all the things that we wanted to use when we were in, but now they exist. So, yeah, yeah bro, because it's got... Super keen to the, get back up. It's got super strict with even, even bagging people. Like, um, like it is a reportable incident if you bag someone. You can't just like have a heavy night on the piss and then get the CFA who's stashed a couple of IV bags from a field trip to, to bag it. It is like, yeah, no, it's, it's a high level incident. Definitely. So see it the next time I said CFAs do a course and they do it on a, uh, they do it on a rubber mannequin, like the old army ones. And then, uh, next time they do it, they're just after a contact, their fucking blood pressure is 180, 210. And they're trying to find a vein on a dude who's got low blood pressure in the first place. Cause he's bleeding out everywhere, mate. We, do you remember when, so we're heading over and uh, I believe we're in Kuwait 
and there was these um, these yank contractors running this super realistic um at the, for the time it was like um mannequins were there blinking they're bleeding out and we had to go into these screaming big rooms with smoke and screaming and i mean that was what really um i was like holy shit this is good training and that's the kind of thing I wanted to bring into the business, um, especially now with you know using different mannequins. But that, as a digger, like going into that kind of training, that was probably the some of the best preparation I'd done for for a deployment. And um, that should be you know that should be a, a weekly thing for for people to be engaged in in the services. Yeah, they fucking love it. And, and and you see the boys, They as soon as you put them on a CFA course, Combat First Aiders course, as soon as they get qualified, they come back. And, and so much like they take ownership and responsibility and it's not the content of the course. I think it's an intrinsic thing that happens within them, not only just helping people or, or, or being an asset with another, another facet of being a soldier. But um, yeah, it's just a really weird thing to watch and see how guys change after doing a CFA course. Um, yeah, man, it's a fucking weird A lot thing. of it is like, you know, ignorance is bliss. I mean, I had bugger all medical training, you know, when we deployed and you just go, all right, well, I've got my tourniquet, I've got a bloody field aid dressing, sweet, that'll sort it out. And, you know, the, the Brits can't even believe we don't carry morphine. We're like, oh, no, we'll just, we'll, we, don't, we don't need it. Like, no, just scream for longer, you'll be fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> we fucking would use it, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, look, there's um, once you know a few skills, you're like, wow, this is you know a little bit, but then you realize how much you don't know. Because you, did you get to point. apply your little handy skills overseas as a medic? Me. So um, which which where where, where are we? Who who had which the um, who had the generator fishing experience? Was that your patrol? Ah, uh, yeah, that was the other half of our patrol base. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a. I like medical wise over there. No, I just I gave Howie a hand for just you know routine stuff, but no, um, you know medical training I have zero. Um, but who was it? Who was it? The gen- generated fishing was was team. That was our team, and it was at a different patrol base. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with some current serving people. So, but but um, and I don't think we could talk about that on record. <laughs> but uh, good generators, if you want to buy them. <laughs> You just don't fish for them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I think being able to use those skills as another skill set, um, I think it's definitely underused, especially in the Army, mate. I, I think, like, we're still struggling to achieve one CFA per platoon, and really it should be a CFA per brick. Um, like, I mean, SAS have a, have a have a medic per patrol, two command, I'm, I'm assuming, but, you know, similar. Uh, one area uh, or, or regular infantry battalions are struggling to feel like, you know, because they just can't get the, the, the positions. And, and it's a two-way range. You're going to go overseas. There's only two things you can guarantee. Bullets go out and bullets come in. And we, we teach people shooting and we, like, we just need to really start encapsulating and, and teaching people the, the first aid stuff. Yeah, there's heaps you can. I mean, there's so much useful information out there now. Um, it's come leaps and bounds, and um, yeah, so it should. So, you know, since when we we deployed to to now, there's just so much good information out there, and it just needs to be implemented. And you know, the people who are coming up with the training plans, they need to have be up to date with 
you know, the latest clinical based practice, you know, whatever's informing it with evidence. We can go, this is working, let's implement it and let's not wait another 10 years until we implement this, you know, information by then it's outdated. So a lot of the time it's, um, and that's, that's something that is, is good with, you know, running a business is you could, you have a good idea and you can implement it. You don't have to wait 10 years for it to come around. Not bogged you know? down with bureaucracy. You're flexible. A hundred percent. And that's, um, that's, that's something which is, is exciting. You, you have an idea uh, and you can go and make it happen. But you know, in the battalion, things take a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, uh, yeah. Sorry. Mate. Oh no, there's almost no segue in this one, mate. So if you've got something that's actually relevant to the conversation, you go first. <laughs> Never. But I want to know, why has no one in Australia developed a business for bagging people up with hangovers? Oh, uh, they, they have. They have. So, Where? Yeah, it's um, actually, it started off in um, Vegas where they had Yeah, these, yeah, that's, you know, that worked. Then they started doing it in Western Sydney and then someone had a bad <laughs> reaction to <laughs> one of the um, magic bags with uh, you know, B vitamins and stuff and then they shut them down. Right, so you probably can't do it again because that was like that was one of the ideas that I will never execute. But I would love to see someone this this accelerator that we're part of. I want to see some medic or CFA get out of the army and go. I'm going to start a business bagging up the boys. One just with hangovers. Two with vitamin D, vitamin C, whatever it's going to be, because I would use it. Yeah, see, we people do people do that intravenous binge stuff. drinking. <laughs> People do hey, that intravenous, that intravenous everything, intravenous vitamin D, intravenous. Oh, it's um, out there, hundred percent. You can get it. Mate. But what? All right. So, so in innovation, right in the states, pretty much everything you need. Like we we did that gut bacteria test in the states. In Australia, you got to go to the GP, get a referral, go to a clinic, get do do a shit on a stick, and then get your gut bacteria tested. Right. Everything in the states has been made so that it's actually like a biohacking has been most so simple that you order it online you plug into an app stuff comes to your house you return your samples you're good to go like and that that the crossover should be the same with vitamins iv vitamins should be something that someone rocks up and just goes give me a 100 bucks you're good not i've got to go to the gp i've got to get a referral to go and see a Nat, whatever I don't know. So GP is it, is it super GP. loose in America for for bagging an IV? Like, what what are the laws in Australia around bagging people legally? I feel like the law. I mean, I'm I'm talking at my ass a little bit, but I feel like the laws in America are if it's a good business idea and you get investors, then you kind of bypass most laws. Like that's how that's how Uber kind of got a start. Then ah, it's just the dog again. Um, that's how all the good ones get a start. They're like, is this legal yet? No, but that's not because it's bad. That's because no one's figured out a way around the law yet and then they just figure out a way but like I, I literally last week sent a poo sample in a test tube in the mail back to california because no one in australia is doing it that doesn't make sense yeah like and, I, and i would can... argue the 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 efficacy of of any bacteria that survives getting stuck on a plane for because there's it's not the bacteria that needs to be alive; it's the DNA of the bacteria. Oh, right. they're, they're, they're testing DNA, so it doesn't matter if it's dead. Because I left it in my room for two, two weeks before I sent it off. Oh, so now, <laughs> uh, now you're in the. Well, where are you sleeping tonight, Alan? System. Say again. Where are you sleeping tonight, mate? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. No, but I think, mate. I don't know. You, you might be a little bit too by the book, mate. Well, I know you well enough to know you're not, but um, <laughs> there's got to be some way around getting a business legalized to bag people up with vitamins. Look, there is, and 
like you know you can go and make it happen but then it's if you're in it for you know the the money then you could yeah definitely go and do that but it comes down to ethics of why you're doing it like if it's got if it's for people who are hung over it's like okay well, well i'm in this for the wrong reasons you know i would so i wouldn't do that but um look if there's if there's you don't need to be you know Bagging people up all the time. It's just not necessary. Mate, I 100% disagree with that. <laughs> Supply and you, demand is business, right? And if there's a demand, that means that people need it. So you're not doing it for the money. Well, you are going to be starting that business for the money, but you facilitating quick hangover cures is not encouraging binge drinking. I think it does, to be honest. <laughs> so, well, I so mean, that's, that's, good, that's so like saying if, you, do if you're anyway. selling. Say again? They're going to do it anyway, right? They're going to do it anyway. That's exactly like saying that you should never sell aloe vera cream because it's encouraging people getting sunburns. Yeah, I think that's it. That's very oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> There's a market for it, mate. And it's not just for hangovers, right? Like I, I would, I would do it right now if you if you could come and give me. And again, this is just from listening to a podcast. I haven't done enough research on it yet, but vitamin C. Um, taken orally is nowhere near as effective as IV. I would love to get vitamin C IVs once a month or once a week or whatever it is. Can you facilitate this? Look, you could uh, probably crush it up and just boot it. Um, <laughs> give it a crack, see how you go. But that, I mean, that's that's a legit vitamin that people should be taking. Vitamin C and D, and so if, if you could get it, I reckon it'll happen, mate. I reckon it'll well, blow up. I reckon it'll fucking blow up in Australia. There you go. All the diggers out there that are thinking, I've got these, I want to get into business and I want to go through this sick tech accelerator that's about to start up, you can have that one. But there is, like, when you, when you say, like, the, there's so many, like, business ideas that float around the cages and you're sitting in there someone everyone's got an idea i mean i remember people talking about you know magnetic weights and stuff back in uh you know early or mid 2000s and just everyone's got an idea but they just need to facilitate it they just need to action it um and i think you know there's a few there's a few basics that you need to have right first before they can make that happen yeah, I think most of the boys are scared too, like to go, all right, it's a big, most of the time you've got to get loans and you've got to find finance and they're like, oh, is it, it's a big risk to go, I've got this idea that I came up with in the cages, Am I, do I back it enough to go, I'm going to literally put my house on it? Most people won't and that's why this this thing, because it's backed by an RSL, they're, putting, they're throwing money at it, yeah, like cool. we'll run you through it, we'll try and kill your idea because it's most people come up with these ideas and, and the ones that are super confident and they're like, it's fucking sick. And then they're like, oh, I'm going to go and get, like, speaking from experience, go and get a big loan out. And you're like, oh, maybe I should have tried to kill that <laughs> idea before I started. It would have saved me a bunch of money. But these guys will try and kill your idea. And then if it's good and it yeah. survives, they're like, here's a bucket of money. That's awesome. No, that's um, an opportunity there. I've 100%. Before seeing that well, you, I'm, you're going to be one of the mentors on that too, mate. So Yeah, 100%. I'll throw, say throw my five cents in. Good to go. <laughs> The um, but where yeah, when it comes to yeah, starting an, uh, a business, when it goes to you know loans and things, um, you know I I didn't didn't go out down that path. I just I had I was frugal and innovative, um, and just making because you make small little errors and you don't want to be all in. I mean, you know I like to gamble now and then, but definitely don't do it when you've got a business. You know, uh, you can't go all in. You got to make small little mistakes, um, and so because it's it's a learning process and. You, you, you got to embrace that 
you're not going to be a guru on everything and you, you are expected to, to make mistakes, but just don't do it with, you know, getting a big loan and going all in on, on an idea because chances are your first idea is not going to work. So if we had a five-step plan, uh, you would go make a fucking decision and actually do what you want to do, come up with a plan and then try and kill the baby. Step two, try and kill it. Step three, like what do they do? They got to go get an ABN. They got to do they go get an ABN? Like, where does a dude who who comes out from the army and goes, "I'm starting a business. Fuck it, I'm doing it." Yep. You know what, Olo? I'm doing it tomorrow because you're a sick mentor and this podcast was fucking amazing. <laughs> Step three is get an ABN. Yeah, right. Look, far out, I think you put, narrowing it down into steps. Um, I'm sure there's an um, amazing book out there and someone's probably making a lot of money off that book. Um, yeah, I was he's thinking, a fucking dick and he's, he's, he's <laughs> exactly. honestly wrote Someone who's never run a business before. Mate, I'd love to Googled make... Googled it and wrote a book and made millions. I'd, make, I'd love to make a little viewy tui for diggers sitting in the cage and it's just like, okay, you want to have got an idea, this is how you action it. Um, you know, I never had the, sh- the, the process of shooting down ideas. I just had it in my mind and I'm out in the middle of Bathurst, you know, doing my study and I'm like, Hey, that's a great idea. What do you reckon, Sean? Yeah, I think that's a great idea too. Let's just do that. Is that you, know? you talking to yourself? So, that is me talking to myself. <laughs> I, I didn't have anybody to question and go, Hey, that's actually a shit idea. Um, just make it happen. And then, you know, you do it and it doesn't work and you're like, Hmm, all right, learn from that one. Keep moving forward. Um, look, step, you know, Step one is, um, you know, figuring out what you're passionate about and what are you going to devote could possibly be, you know, a decade of your time to. Um, If you go, okay, I think there's, you know, there's money to be made in cheese boards. Am I passionate about cheese boards? Am I going to research everything about it? Am I going to figure out how to make new innovative cheese boards all the time? Probably not. So figure out what you're passionate about um, because if you're in it to go, hey, there's money to be made in this, and that's all I'm focused on, then it's probably not going to work because you've got to be passionate about what you're doing. You've, and when you're talking to people and you're trying to, because you're at starting your business, you are the best you know, advocate for it. You are the best salesperson for it. If people pick up that you're not in this for the long haul and that you are not passionate about what you're talking about, they're not going to work with you and therefore you're not going to get those jobs. Um. So prior to, so we, we, we figured out like passion is, is a driver, like, and you're dead right, mate. Like I got into mushrooms, mushrooms is my jam and bacteria and, and that sort of thing. And I'll sit there till I'm like 10 o'clock at night and then I've got to do some other mundane stuff that's relevant to a current business. And I'm like, meh, right. So passion's super fucking important. Uh, do you have to and then so, pay it off and go back to mushrooms and then pay it off and go back to mushrooms. Uh, but is it fucking important to sort your own backyard out first? So uh, developing a good routine, getting a good, like some good mental habits, or do we just run it hard, um, drink, burn both ends, and just like, you know, what is the optimum? I don't know if people can succeed doing the opposite end of the spectrum, um, but... I would imagine sorting your fucking backyard out first, as in your own mental health and your own fucking body routines. Setting a good habit would set you up for success, as opposed to being a can- like a contraindicator. Yeah, look, you can be, um, you can do it either way, right? You could go out and like, and I've I've done that where you worked your ass off. You're not looking after your body. 
um, you're drinking to relax and, you know, you get by. You're not you're you're functioning and you've you're functioning very suboptimal. Um, there's a huge amount of um, of untapped you know potential that you're not you're not using. Now, once you figure out what works for you, um, I mean, you know, you can preach to people and say, "What well, this is what you need to be doing every day." and do that and you know you're going to put yourself ahead of the game a lot of the time you know it's just down to the individual making mistakes and going all right well i want to continue going out with the lads getting on getting on the beers but then i still want to run a successful business and have the brain capacity to research new things and set up you know new websites and the like you you'll you'll if you try and continue with an old way or an old habit you'll you'll realize quite quickly that it's just not possible so look you know make those mistakes and that's just part of the game you know if you wanted to and you're you're a smarter person than me and you can have someone tell you this is what you need to do um, to look after yourself and make it happen then yeah there are definitely things you can do on a daily basis that's going to put you ahead of the game but, mate, because I, I look at fucking all the advice coming out of like, uh, you know, and there's some people that, so sometimes they just strike it lucky and they just nail an idea at the right time and they, honestly, they're not overnight, they're, they're overnight, like, I don't know, they they honestly strike it lucky. But most of the advice is sleep four hours a night, <laughs> um, work, and if you want to work, you know, if, if your competitor's sleeping six hours a night, if you sleep four hours a night, you're going to beat him. And this, like, just drive yourself into the ground, fuck your relationships, fuck your body, fuck your health, just get in, do it, and, and like, what is the product at the end of that? And, like, what are some of the things what, you, you did know, to combine? Why are you doing it? Like, that's why you got to look at it and go, all right, so why am I beating myself to death um, to, to start this business? You know, why are you doing it? Why, why don't you just go and get a job and then you can, you know, do your job and go home and not have to think about it and then go turn up again, get your income and, and, and do that. You know, I, I chose to start a business um, because there was something I was passionate about and I could see I could make a difference. So that gives me, you know, meaningful employment. But um, you've got to, you know, you've got to figure out why you're doing this. I mean, if you want to go out there and be the, you know, run the best, you know, business in this certain area, and that is your goal, and that is what everything else come, is, will be sacrificed for it. But you've got to realize: Are you doing a business because you want a good lifestyle? Are you creating, you know, are you want to create meaningful jobs for other people, and so that you can go and, you know go on holidays when you feel like you want to go on holiday you know things like that so you've got to realize why you're in it to start off with before you pick out how hard you're going to work yeah um and and my, oh mate my fucking mind so there's two things i want to uh n- number one is uh, like i'm starting to, i'm discharging from the army now discharge from the army now uh and and lost tribe lost identity all the things that we spoke about uh, the swiss eight the, the the eight principles that we do the big four tribe and then the tribe lack of identity lack of purpose i've got purpose i've got i've got a um a fucking amazing purpose to go and and achieve uh when we talk about lack of tribe and all these these sort of things that we sit down at um how long did it take you from your point when you discharged from the army to setting up where you are now and what were some of the things that you did like the the sort of biohacks that would have helped you above some of your competitors. 
Yeah, no worries. Um, so biohacks and, you know, looking after your body. Um, it's taken, so, so to where I am now, so I started the business in 2013, it's you know, now 2020. Um, it's only been in sort of recent history that I've been able to figure out my flow state and how to get into it. And, um, you know, I won't bore you, but I'll give you just the specifics on, on what I do each day, each work day. So, um, obviously. So this is your routine, bro. This is, and this is some of the yeah, stuff my, that the boys would, boys will be writing this shit down, mate, because this is what's, we can, we can do yeah. routines in the army and this is what, yeah. Yep. No worries. So as soon as I get up, um, so I have, and I have a small infrared sauna at home, um, that I got off eBay for 1200 bucks. Um, that fits one person. Great. Um, so as soon as I get up in the morning, I straight away turn that on and then I get on the treadmill and I run for 15 minutes, uh, pretty fast rate for 15 minutes, get off the treadmill, jump in the sauna. Uh, from there, I will do meditation in the sauna for, um, 15 minutes of meditation. And then you start really heating up and that's when the sweat kicks in and I stay in there for another 15. So I do 30 minutes in the sauna out of there, straight back into a cold shower and I'll cold shower for a um, a couple of minutes and, then I go and have um, uh, black coffee, so double black coffee, and then start my day. And I fast until 12 because if I eat, I am a slug. I'm an absolute slug if I eat uh, in the morning. And so I don't eat till 12. And that is when I'm the most productive. So I know that's my, if I, I task the big game changing things to do for that day and I work on them and I batch my emails. So I won't read an email until midday um, so that I don't get sidetracked. Holy fuck, there's what about 1,200. <laughs> I want to know what you eat, mate. Are you still eating vegan? No. <laughs> no I, and to be honest, I eat everything. So I get to midday and I'll, you know, have a wrap or, you know, big sandwich, whatever. Um, but then, you know, when it gets to nighttime, yeah, not drinking at all. All right, so I'm not drinking at all at the moment. And uh, that's a, a game changer for my energy levels and the ability to your cognition is through the roof when you're not when you're not drinking. So yeah, that's something back that I would highly is that just dry July? No, I think it's uh might be a bit longer. Hey, maybe a week no, no. Longer. But did you start it for dry July? Yeah, I did. Yeah, just to test it and see how it worked on on me, and it works really well. So people people need like a trigger, eh? Like it's better. That's why I used to look at it going, why are people doing dry July? Like it's fucking it's a stupid gimmick, but it's not. It's like you need. There's, you need a milestone to, to crack you into a big habit change and it's either becoming a full-blown alcoholic where you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm disgusted or the 1st of July. Seems like a <laughs> <laughs> better, better time to start not drinking. Yep. No, whatever, you know, whatever gives you that opportunity to give it a crack and you know, feel how you're doing. But, yeah, that's, that's the daily routine. Um, but, um, look, if, if the lads haven't tried you know, getting into meditation and that yet, yeah, they really should because your focus and your attention and being present, it's just uh, that is a game changer. And if you're having a stressful day, which you will, if you're starting your own organisation, uh, you've always got, your um you know you've always got that tool in your back pocket which is no matter how um hectic your day is going to be you can you know you know how to meditate you can get into that state where you separate yourself from that that stress and you can come back yeah man to it's a the level fucking warrior like, this has been this has been a common thread man it is the warrior monk and 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 
Like we've all been in overseas. We've all been in the shit together. We've all fucking run it in. Um, what's annoying, and, and we spoke about this on our very first podcast, was um, instead of being cowboys and running off what Hollywood thinks, because we know Hollywood fucks movies, and they especially fuck army movies. And, and, and why is it that uh, you can canoe someone in the head um, you can't then go back and actually get into a in, in a space where you can breathe and get back into your mind frame. And we've lost that spirituality. Fuck, that's even a terrible word for it. So without using any of the colloquial bullshit that's hijacked yoga through the days, like, okay, guys, so just I just need you to be present in the moment. That, like that turns dudes off, right? But if we, if we can talk to guys and be like, yes, you can go out and there's cats doing it, there's two commando dudes doing it, where you can go and canoe guys, you can fucking kill it and be a warrior and then learn to look after your fucking body and breathe and get back into a position where, and we can do that with cold and hot therapy cycle, we can do that with breathing and meditation. And when we talk about meditation, it's mindfulness in the present moment where we can just be... We just focus on our breathing and that is it. And you trying to ram that through down through diggers' heads, you're like, you might as well be mum saying, Don't drink and drive, or don't <laughs> fucking and you're like cunts, please just fucking listen for one thing. Go and be a killer. <laughs> but on the other hand, learn to bring yourself back down and and like yeah. That was a And rant. when you leave and when you leave, you need to understand like you know, if you're thinking, oh, well, this is what I used to do and this is who I was. But, you you know, you became the person that you needed to become to do well at your job and thrive in that environment. Um, and then you need to, you know, bookshelf that, take the positives from it and move forward and become the new person to thrive in your new environment. Um, the, the tricky part is when people remain in their old ways and they think that, you know, by doing their time that that's you know their heyday and they sit back and go well this is what i did and i can sit back and and just chill now that's that's not acceptable and that's not acceptable at all so you need to thrive in your new environment and um and you need to yeah just adapt and overcome and figure out the new tools to, to make it happen uh mate i'm telling you i was building ikea furniture i was swore to god i was never gonna buy another fucking flat pack again and the desk that this whole rig is sitting on, I was like, oh, that's got four legs and a white top. Like, that's going to come in four pieces. Sick. That'll take me 13 seconds to build. It took, and by the instructions, which are bullshit, by the way, uh, and it's not okay. I'm sorry. It's not okay. It was some other, other brand. Uh, it, took, it took an hour by the instructions. It was two hours by me building it. And the first thing I did when I started to lose my mind was I stopped breathing, mate. First thing I noticed, I was like, I want to throw it through a window. And I was like, what are you doing wrong right now? And I was like, I'm not breathing, mate. I'm holding my breath. Same thing when I'm sitting in traffic. The first thing that's happening when I'm getting frustrated and angry is I'm holding my breath, mate. And we do it in the army now with combat breathing and, and having that by stimulating the vagus nerve and, and actually bringing ourselves back down. That's the, uh, the Breathing is the one way that we can actually stimulate externally the vagus nerve and our parasympathetic nervous system. And, and 
mate, that was a, a, a fucking perfect example, mate. We, we do that with, you know, with the speedway and the motocross because it's a unique situation where you sit there and you see someone completely axe themselves, like go through a barrier, you know, bikes in half. There's two people like, you know, people screaming. And as you're responding uh, in your little buggies and stuff, it's you, you take you take a few deep breaths and you're putting your gloves on and then that's, you know, you're calming yourself down that way for sure. Deep breathing, like that's, you know, that's just, it should be common sense now. If you need to prepare yourself for a stressful situation, then yeah, you've got to be taking those deep breaths, um, you know, oxygenating yourself and then making it happen. Like I'm not talking about, uh, and so there's been a couple of arguments with some dudes um, that, that have been on the high end of stress. And they're like, don't tell me how to fucking breathe because I fucking know how to do that. Like, I'm not talking if you're sitting on the end of the Brooklyn Bridge and you want to jump off. Like, okay, mate, you just have to breathe through it. Like, it'll be fine. We're talking about actually proactive, learning these tools beforehand and moderate stress and moderate sort of, you know, it's not me. I'm emotionally removed from the situation being a medic hopefully remove myself and, and and going through those steps and and i think like a lot of a lot of times we see now in media it's like hey you know reduce stress this reduce stress that but you need to remember like stress if you don't have stress you're not going to get out of bed like there's certain aspects of it that are very useful um there's definitely stress when it comes to all right you know if you are starting a business or right, i've got stress that if i don't get this money uh, you know, com- coming in, then there's more money going out than coming in. This is not gonna. This is not gonna work. So that kind of stress is very useful. Um, and if you don't have a level of stress and you're too rancho relaxo and you are, you know, you're chasing, you're a Zen junkie and you just want to live van life, you're not going to achieve anything. Yeah. And that's, so I, this is this is something a conversation I had with my psych last week was um there's actually a name i don't know if keegan's got jamie skills to to bring this up because I, I don't even know what to google mate but just listen to what hey, he's got super and, he's got skills he's got super super google skills so there's a there's a curve that um it's like a bell curve of anxiety to where you're going from um waking up getting stoned hugging trees loving life but getting nothing done because you're a sloth to slight anxiety which is like I'm actually getting shit done to like, then there's a peak where you're like, that is where I need to sit. That is like optimal anxiety for where I'm going to get heaps of shit done. And then you push a little bit too far and you're fucked because then you're just super anxious and you can't get anything done because you're overthinking everything. And I think that's where I like you get to, I get to in the day. Like, I don't know how you're still drinking coffee at what, 8.30 at night, but um, I get to like in the morning, if I have one coffee, probably because I drink too much, I, I'm up halfway up that hill and then have a second one and I'm like peeking at the top. I'm like, I'm good to go here, get heaps done. And then you have one mouthful and you're like, no, nah, I fucked it. went too far. And then you're over the edge and you're super anxious and you're like, stop looking at me. There's yep. no one in the room. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And the only way out of it, the only way out of it is to, to sit there and just like try and breathe properly. And that's, again, like you said, it's because there's tools in the kit that you've learned in the past to, to how to breathe. But there's another one. I don't know if you found the name of that thing. That's a, it's a legit curve. Construct, what, what's constructive it? optimum tension. Oh, yeah, no, it was a dude's fun. name. Was, anyway. Yeah, no it's one's a, it's just a graph that. between performance, tension, arousal, and anxiety, and then sort of that bell yeah. curve between low comfort, medium is perfect, and then anxiety, and then high, unfunctional. Yeah, but it's like you're saying, like you need some form of being too zen is 
good for no one. We'd all hug each other, but we'd be flat stick having fire. We'd all be sitting around campfire. Definitely wouldn't be stuck. We're not inventing the wheel. Yeah, but you'd be sitting around a campfire in your mum's backyard because you can't pay your rent or a mortgage. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's a fine yeah. line. It's, it's definitely it's not effective. But as far as breathing, there's this. There was a podcast the other day. Um, there's actually a book out. A dude wrote a book called. I'm pretty sure it's called Breathe. And again, I, I don't um, pay enough attention to this stuff to to remember who wrote it. But that might be a Keegan job as well, because that is definitely like this dude on the podcast. Haven't read the book, but the podcast. This dude went deep into breathing, like broke down Wim Hof. This is what made me think of it. I'm, I'm super. <laughs> Nestor, Nestor or something. Oh, there's a there's a ghost in the house throwing names at us, um, but yeah, broke down all the different versions of breathing and like the Wim Hof stuff. This is stuff that we got. Um, I've been doing it for a few years. I know you have too. Um, you can you can breathe yourself to the point where it's freezing cold and you feel warm, and like that. This it's called Tumo. I think it is Tumo. Keegan, and it was like that was the original version where, where like Tibetan monks sitting in caves freezing their dicks off, started breathing, doing this, doing these cycles of breathing, like all the way in deep, not letting it out that far. And I, I used to look at that when Wim Hof first um, started making that popular. I used to look at it going, they're hyperventilating, they're, they're warming up because they're over oxygenating. But this dude on the podcast the other day was like, nah, it's you restrict the amount of carbon dioxide you let out. That's what warms you up. That's, I mean, being able to breathe, I mean, placebo is one thing, but being able to breathe yourself in the snow to being warm is fucking hectic. James Nestor. Is that what you got, Keegan? Yeah, and then the Tumo thing as well from the meditation is the um, the, the monks that originally did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is a lot of people have been hitting us up this week after because Heston's been doing, we got um, Heston who'd never done cold therapy to be, the face of our social thing to do. We're, we're doing this. He's got a reset. fucking good rig. And Heston, there's a, there's as part of it, started thing. doing this cold therapy. And it, I think it was magic because he's a dude that's good at almost everything he does. We'd never done this before. So he's like putting himself in a vulnerable position, jumping on camera, jumped in a cold shower. I did no breathing, no nothing. We're like, mate, yeah, do cold shock therapy. He just jumps in a cold shower. And he nearly had a fucking heart attack. You watch him on camera. He's like, <laughs> and then a week later, we're like, um, Go and watch some Wim Hof stuff, practice these breathing cycles, jump in the car. And it was a marked improvement. Like you could see he was still a bit out of breath, but. It just turned the hot water up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the camera never panned to the taps. (laughs) But you, what's your experience with Wim Hof and, and ice therapy? Well, I've, my experience with uh, with that, yeah, the breathing techniques. Don't do it in a sauna because uh, you'll uh, wake up with a sore head and your missus yelling at you. Oh, wasn't that what? Um, um, who was a bodybuilder? The uh, shredding for Ziz. Oh, Ziz. Ziz. Didn't he die? Little Ziz. Oh, he probably wasn't doing it. Yeah, shredding for shooting steroids in Thailand. Before, I think that. Yeah, that was uh, Wim Hof wasn't around then. But no, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't saunering no, for he heat shock proteins he was saunering for five hours a day to get shredded for stereo yeah and, yeah. and then he that was, died that fucked was, it you know there was um the, yeah i started doing a bit of the the breathing techniques there um just to try and clear like when you know, hot when there's a lot of high stress on with work just trying to clear it all clear it all out and come back to a you know just trying to get rid of it really um so i, I was actually doing it while doing exercise going for walks and the like 
Um, and yeah, it, you know, you feel fantastic after you do it. It does take a lot of self-discipline to do your, you know, at least four rounds and, and the like. Uh, but it became, I just tried to compete with myself, trying to get better times each time just to see how long I could do my breath holds for. Um, yeah, it look it works, and especially if you're in if you're in periods of you know high stress, and you're wondering how do I get rid of that stress without you know hitting the booze, uh, you should uh, give that kind of stuff a go and just see how you feel afterwards. Just have the self discipline to commit to it for a little bit. See, and this is the fucked up thing is too is that you can go to the gym and look fit and healthy by smashing yourself in the gym. Um, you can you can do you can you can do uh, macro counting. You can do uh, calorie in, calorie out, deficit, all this sort of shit, and look healthy. Be the 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 unhealthiest person on the planet, um, and and we've sort of hijacked the word health. Health come from um, who was that super famous dude that said let let uh, food be? So it was misquoted, but the quote is let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Uh, and it was an old Greek philosopher. He got misquoted. Um, Regardless, um, he said health is defined by your ability to live long as like as long as you can, as old as you can, as unaided and as healthy. So, so like, oh, you should quit smoking. We're all going to die someday. Yeah, mate. But I'm going to be healthy till I'm eighty, and you're going to be healthy till you're fifty. It's the quality of life you achieve for. The, the period of time and that is the measurement of health and at the moment we have um you can go to the gym have a six-pack be shredded uh, for stereo are you actually healthy uh are you stressed are your cortisol levels pumping through your body because um, they're different to what they perceive and then how do you gamify that how do you bring that in the 21st century and how do you bring health that is not objectified by people as a as a, as a status symbol or an image but as a as a way of life and as a an output for how long they're going to be alive and then yeah longevity is not sexy mate you can't sell it you can't pack well you can package it and sell it but not yet not yet um and that's that's the that I agreement that's why health health is not cool because you can't measure someone's health with one metric it's it's way too holistic but you can measure bicep size and you can measure body fat and you can measure your weight on the scale so that's why that's been that that's become the metric for for healthy yeah it's just skinny it's muscly or big arms it's frustrating to see uh, and and this comes i think health comes with direct relevance to mental health as well because stress mental health body health they all come together as one thing Mental health is massive. We know that's probably the number one killer now outside of heart disease is suicide. And- no, no, it, is. it depends on age demographic. It's 18 to 44 men in Australia, number one yep. suicide. And, and this is the thing. It is, that, is, that, is a, that is a key component of health is your mental health and your ability to manage your subconscious systems like the Wim Hof it, method. The, look, going, yeah, look, you know, going to the gym and you, you see like results, you know, you're all right, working out, we're building a muscle. I mean, you working your mind out, it's, it's taking self-discipline and it's, no one's going to see that on the outside until you start projecting yourself in a different way. Um, it's, 
it's something that's harder. I mean, going and lifting weights um, is, you know, it's it's easy in comparison to having the self-discipline to do your meditation, to do your mindfulness. Um, like, you know, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to get started, but once you start doing it and realizing um, that your brain is the size of you know size of a pea until you start working it out, um, that's you know that's it's game changing when you realize the potential of once you have complete control over your emotions, uh, you know your focus, your concentration, then you kind of get addicted to um, to keeping that in tune and to keep building on it. Um, I one of my you know, one of my biggest recommendations for people who were still serving um, is to be doing that regular meditation. And I wish I had done that, so I wasn't uh, as you know reactive, and I could have um, you know could have processed things a lot a lot better back then. Um, it's you know being young twenty year old, you um you don't have that um you, know, you don't have that that mental power just yet but look if you're you know you're still serving you need to be working on your mind and not just you know not just the weights for sure so this is this is why i think this is why i think this wim hof stuff or the this tumo breathing into ice bath or cold shower is the sexy answer because you've got you've got an hour a day to, to train right i am not sitting down on a mat and doing fucking yoga i mean i, I would do it but not if i've only got one hour a day and i have to choose what yep. i want to do you're going to go and do some party pumps or you're going to go and do like a some kind of workout that you see, you get quick dopamine responses and see physical results from. But at the same time, if someone says, I want you to sit down for 10 minutes and do a breathing technique, I'm probably going to say, well, I mean, I've done it obviously, but I'm probably going to say as a young dude, no, fuck off. But if you say sit down and do 10 minutes of breathing and then I want you to challenge yourself by having a cold shower, that's when you get young diggers being like, oh, I've got to prove myself that I'm, I'm a hard cunt. At the end of it, fuck yeah, I'll give that a go. And then they're probably going to jump in the shower real quick to prove that they're – or in an ice bucket to try and prove how quick how long they can stay in the ice and be shit at it. And then you're like, no, if you do this breathing technique, you'd be better. Bang, that gives, like, that, that gives them that dopamine response to go, I'm actually getting good at something. I can actually – have something I can show at the end and be a hero in front of the boys if you really, if that's what your motivation is. But I mean, and that, that sounds corny, but that is your fucking motivation as a 20 year old soldier. Like, am I the biggest pussy in the room or am I kind of fucking hard on a scale? And if sitting down and doing 10 minutes of breathing and mindfulness and, and whatever makes me, gives me the ability to be not the biggest pussy in the room, they're gonna fucking do it versus just sitting down and meditating. It's a hard sell. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, like you've got to you've got to see results. Um, that's and that's comes with you know there are results. So you've got to focus on it and got to set yourself up with tasks. Okay, well, you know where's my do it? You know, do some aptitude testing or and just get your base. Find out where you are, and then you know, um, after doing you know a couple of months of it, just yeah, do it again, uh, and even just. And write down where you where you feel like your cognitive ability is at that time, and uh, and just yeah test yourself on it. So you got to know a base level of where you are. Do some tests on yourself. I mean, um, you know, getting you know finding out what what your, your vitals are at a good stage. At what what's your waking rest rate? You know that kind of stuff. Um, that's just getting a base level because what gets measured gets managed. So it's finding a tool and figuring out, you know, how is your mind doing? You know, am I improving my my mental health? Am I improving my mental resilience? Because, you know, that's why we meditate. It's building resilience, 
building that muscle, um, finding at your level, and then reassessing that after you you try these new interventions and new skill sets for sure. Yeah, it's, I think you said like building that level. <clears throat> when you have the uh, when you are redlining, you're sitting there just redlining. Uh, you, you've seen secos that have been terrible at, at pressure. You've seen sergeants and bosses who just, they seem to get one task and they fucking redline. And you're like, oh, that dude is not coping. And you see other guys that just stay calm under pressure and they can cope with everything. Like, what are they doing differently? And, and, and they're the dudes that are killing it, mate. Like, you ask any of the boys, you go, which boss or which sergeant would you follow the guy who's flapping from from one external input or the guy who's just like cool, calm, collected, like, yeah, man, we got this. Same with Seco's bro. Like, and and it, is, it, it will be continually the dude who is cool, calm, and collected. And how does he achieve that? Well, he's probably got some things that maybe he subconsciously doesn't know. Maybe he's consciously, because it's not cool, maybe not opened up and been privy to everybody else's input but maybe he's just like you know what i think they've you know that that cool calm collected individual has a process for finding you know solutions to problems and rephrasing that is oh i've got all these problems coming at me every day i mean this is part of being in the military or part of being a civilian you're going to have problems coming at you every day to solve and unless you just put you don't put yourself out there and wrap yourself in bubble wrap you know um, so you got to rephrase those problems as challenges and then have a structured approach of identifying it discussing it and then solving it and just taking action to do something about it um, you know it, I think it's also a bit of a generational thing when it comes to, um, you know, when aggression is, you know, rewarded when we, you know, the first, I think about the, you know, the secos and the sergeants um, that, you know, we served under at the time and it's kind of, oh, yeah, no, nah, they're a really good soldier because they just, they're super angry. Like that's just not, it's, that's a, that's a cultural thing that's changes, changed now, I think. Um, to a certain extent, um, because that only gets you so far, and that's kind of a front to cover up uh, a lot of their Loud, you know, the skills that they're, they're lacking. Yeah. They just blow up, you know. Oh yeah, he's just blowing up, you know. That's an outdated model of World War One, mate. You needed a digger who was going to get angry real quick for about a hundred meters because he's going over the trenches and then he's fucking dead. Yep. You don't need him anymore after that. You don't need him to be able to zen back down and come back to being peaceful and do what they're told, like, or, or be a normal person. Like, let's just let's just praise the dudes who get real angry real quick and run really fast. Yeah, right, mate. We know that it, model doesn't work. Let's face it, like the, the, the model for, for training soldiers and and the end product really hasn't changed. <clears throat> we we give them different skill sets. That just means we give them different training on different things. But the object was like we you you have a, a civilian, you turn them into an object to the end of it. And no point in that training at no point uh, in, in all the weapons training, in all the pack marches, the physical training, is there a point where they teach you to deal with stress, to manage multiple, like they just like you fucking do it and then they just assess you like, oh yeah, he panicked, he's dog shit. You're like, well no shit, he's 17 years old, he has no concept. You've taught him how to fire a weapon, you've taught him how to kill people, you've, it, you haven't taught him how to manage stress at all um the way he's going to manage stress is when he gets to the battalion he's going to listen to some alcoholic dude who clips him in (laughs) or he's going to watch some fucking movies 
from Hollywood and be like, ah, oh, yeah, I just got to, that's what I'm going to be like, fucking wrong. Uh, and fighting the trend that is Hollywood. Um, and then uh, we'll get some cats on, some ex-cats and some ex-two commando dudes that are fucking in this space and are killing it and, and have gone past the Hollywood narrative of whatever the cowboys were supposed to fucking be. But yeah, you 17-year-old kid, here's a gun, here's an insight. I know it's more complicated than that, so fucking pull me apart in the comments. I don't care. But at the end state, there is no training spiritually or, or holistically for a dude to calm down and learn to manage stress and, and, and multiply. An interesting study that um, one of my lecturers um, just finished in the past year, they did a study on um, ambos. They wired them up and checked their vital signs and the like uh, leading up to calls, so high-stress instance. And they found a direct correlation um, between the uh, the more physically fit an individual is, uh, and and also you know looking at their their body mass and uh, what's healthy for a person at that age, but how physically fit they are, the faster their cortisol and their stress levels came down after an incident. So they'd go to a call, and as usual, you know you get a bit of a your heart rate's getting up a little bit going to the job, doing the job. It hits kind of a, a, a neutral plateau. And then after the call, the faster uh, your cortisol levels were coming down was dependent on how fit the individual was. So that's, uh, that's also a big one when managing stress. It's not that hard when you're in the battalion and you're super fit anyway, but you see those guys who kind of slip off the bandwagon, get injured and lose their fitness, their ability to deal with stress, it quickly uh, decreases as well. Directly relevant to when we exercise the, the, your gut flora and, and how that's procreated, sorry, how it's generated within, within your, your uh, large and lower intestine. They've done literal, so these are peer-reviewed human studies on fitness training and, and how that affects um, the bacterial growth in your stomach and how that affects your mental health. Like there's so many aspects. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fading in and out, mate, when you're going back and forth from the mic. Perfect. Good to go. Gonna have to wrap it up, mate. Willie's getting bloody pretty- anxious. Oh, righto, uh, mate. No, no. Glad to have you on, mate. Um, we probably could have talked for another another ninety minutes, but um, we'll have you back on, mate, if you're willing to come back on. It'd be sick. And uh, we'll- yeah, no, appreciate the uh, appreciate the time, guys. And look, yeah, if there's anything I can do to help, just let us know. But um, yeah, it's been fun. There's a few key gems there. I wish I'd you know known before I. Ah, they'll pay it off anyway, mate. We're like, fuck these cunts, mate. They're fucking old cunts. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Go and just get a big fat loan, start a business, make sure it's IV bags. <laughs> that is what you want. That's the takeaways from this podcast. Uh, so so that was uh, Sean O'Loughlin and he, uh, Emergency First Aid Australia, the guy's killing it and he's he's one of the boys. <laughs> Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's get the name of his business right. Butchered start. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> What's his business name? Emergency Australia. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll just add some extra words in there. Emergency <laughs> I've been Australia. saying it for like 10 years and I've just let you go. I've just gone, nah, it's just me. Sorry about it. He's just he's, he's <laughs> a bit like that. Uh, yeah, Emergency Australia. We don't add the extra words into it. Um, yeah, good to have you on, man. And it, it's always a hoot. Uh, have you back anytime, brother. I'll see you boys later. <laughs>